0: You know that? You're so hot. That's awesome. Uh, We're going to go right into the Word. We're going to be in Joshua today. We're going to go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. Uh, We meet Joshua in this point in his life where he is at a crossroads. Moses had just passed away, and this is God talking to Joshua because now Joshua is the new leader. Um, Joshua 1, verse 7. If you're there, say amen. If you're just going to read it on the screen, say, well, (laughs) all this side. No Bibles. I'm just playing. It's all good. It's all good. Um, It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law of my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful. Somebody yells successful successful wherever you go keep this book of the law always on your lips meditate on it day and night so that you may that you may be careful to do everything written in it and then you will be prosperous and successful somebody yells successful have i not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the lord your god will be with you wherever you go, wherever you go. The title of our talk today is is courage in conflict. Courage in conflict. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this word. Thank you for allowing us all to be here this morning, Lord. Lord, I'm asking that I am just a vessel, oh God, and that every word that is spoken through me is from you and will be implemented into everyone's lives. And Lord, I'm asking that you anoint the Atlanta Falcons, oh God, to beat the Patriots. In Jesus' name, what do we all say? Amen. Has anybody ever been in an awkward moment before? Anybody been in an awkward moment by a show of hands, an awkward situation? Look at that, all these hands up in the air. An awkward situation. Um, A few weeks ago, my family and I were able to take the trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, yes, it is the Holy Land. Don't hate if you're from anywhere else. Okay, the Holy Land in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, Since I was a young boy, my family has always been Steeler fans and they have raised us up to we are not allowed to like any other team. Okay, like I tried to be a Titan fan around like five, six years old and dad like threw my jersey away. Okay, like it was just there was no you had no choice. It was kind of like going to church in our family. Like, there's some families that, oh, my kids don't go to church because they don't feel like it. What? In my family, we did not have a choice. My dad would wake me up and be like, I know you was up to 1.30 in the morning, that's your fault. We're going to 9.30, 11.30, 12.30, 1.30, 2.30, 3.30, and we're going to night service, and we might go to Piccadilly in the middle of the services if you be good, right? This is the kind of house that I grew up in, and so the same situation came to what sports teams we liked. And so, I grew up loving the Steelers. We had a great, phenomenal, we've got six Super Bowls. I repeat, six. Somebody yell six. <laughs> you all agree. Um, and so we end up taking this trip. My family were super excited, ready to go. And so in the middle of me packing, I'm like, well, let me check out the temperature of how cold it is out there. Because word on the street is it's cold in the East Coast. I've never been an East Coast guy. I went to the Midwest once in Illinois and left quickly. You know what I'm saying? But I've never been that far East. And so I look up the forecast, and it says it's 19 degrees on game day with a wind chill of five. Like five, Cinco, the number that comes after four, five. Anytime you can look at temperatures and it can go on one hand, it is not of God. And so I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So now I'm in my closet. I'm looking at every sweater I have, every jacket I have. I'm looking for all kinds of things. I'm, I'm, pu- I'm buying thermals from Walmart. I don't even know how to really put them on. Long johns. I don't know what to do with myself. And I'm, I'm preparing myself for the cold. And so as I get all that handled, I start picking out what jersey I'm going to bring on this trip. I got two of them. I got one I got custom made for myself a few years ago, and I just got an Antonio Brown jersey, right? So I'm like, you know what? I'm bringing them both because we're going to the Holy Land, amen? So I bring them both. We wake up. It's game day. It just so happens we're playing the Ravens. If y'all know the Steelers, we do not like the Ravens. The Ravens are not of God, just like the weather in Pittsburgh, okay? It all coincides, you know what I'm saying? So so, uh, we don't like the Ravens. We're playing the Ravens, and it turns out this is the AFC North Championship. Whoever wins is going to the playoffs and will have a home playoff game. So this is a big deal, and this is the first game I've ever been to. It might not be a big uh, deal to y'all, but listen, this is a dream come true for me. So we wake up. I'm walking through the streets of Pittsburgh. I'm high-fiving people that I can actually high-five. Anytime I go to a game out here, people see me in my Steeler jersey because, yes, I still wear my Steeler jersey to the Cardinals games. People be looking at me like, hmm. Every time. Every time. It's annoying, but this is the first time I can walk down the street in peace. People are high-fiving me, low-fiving me, giving me chest bumps, giving me hugs. I'm like, that's weird, but I love you too. Like, we're gonna do this thing, right? You know what I'm saying? People are people are faded out there. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. And I'm like, ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm excited. It's so this thing is about to go down, so we go to the game. The game is close. We're down. We're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, the whole entire game. And there's there's five seconds left. Big Ben drops back. He sees AB coming across the middle. AB catches it. He gets hit. I'm like, no, it's short. AB extends the ball. It's a touchdown. We go crazy. I kick a box of popcorn over, like right away. Just, poof, it's got to go. I don't know whose it is, but it's got to go. I'm running around. I'm high-fiving people. I'm yelling at Baltimore fans. Ah, you saw it go back. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm being obnoxious. I'm being crazy. And so the end of the game comes, and we find out we have an opportunity to go down and meet some of the, some of the guys, right? And so we already know a few, a few of the Steeler players. But in, in my head, I'm like, man, these guys are cool. I've, I've met them before, so I'm, I'm chill. Like it's, it's they're the regular human beings, like, like me and you and. And, but there's one particular guy I haven't met before, and that's Antonio Brown, right? And my parents raised me, don't you ever be starstruck for anybody. You will steal. You will steal. You know what I'm saying? Don't you ever be starstruck. But I, te- I kid you not, I look like a little girl at a One Direction concert, okay? I, I'm like, this is insane. This this is the dude that be on commercials and stuff, and and I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like, I've made video game characters. I'm a receiver, and he's on the other side. We high five each other in the game. I'm like, that's really gonna happen in real life, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? A young man can dream. Don't hate, amen. And so we we get the opportunity to go downstairs, and so a few guys come out, and I'm, you know, being chill. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Hey, what's up? How you doing? Oh man, good to see you. Nice. On the inside, I'm like, bruh, this is not happening. You know what I'm saying? I'm going crazy on the inside, but on the outside, I'm being real chill, particular about how I'm acting, because I don't want nobody to think I'm a weirdo fan that snuck in the back. You know what I mean? So we end up walking towards the locker room. Now we're having an opportunity. So I'm walking like down like the tunnel area and stuff. I'm like, yo, this, this is something I've dreamed about. I've dreamed about this day. So I'm walking. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, and right at the moment, I'm thinking, it'd be nuts if like Antonio Brown was able to like, just come out and say what's up to me. That'd be crazy. As I'm walking, he comes walking out the door and looks at me. Now, I'm, I'm staring at him, so that, let me pause this moment. He looks at me. I look at him. He walks out the door and was like, Isaiah, what's good? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but he, <laughs> he opens the door. He looks at me. I look at him, and I have two options here, people on my reaction. I can either A, do what I want to do. We did it, bro. Pick him up, spin him around, give him a kiss. You know, we did it. Take a picture. You know what I'm saying? Or I can be chill. Walk up to him and say, hey, man, good game, bro. Y'all did that thing. God is good. He'd be like, all the time. I'm like, yes, he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so I choose option two, right? Because he's right there. He's looking at me. So I'm like, I got to say something or it's going to be weird if I don't. So I'm like, what's up, man? Great game, man. Y'all did it. He's like, appreciate it. I'm like, yeah, man, for sure. Keep doing your thing. He's like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, cool. I walk off. I'm like, Devin, did you get that? Did you get that on camera? Did you get that on camera? She goes, get what on camera? I'm like, babe, I just met AB. And she's like, I know, I saw. I'm like, did you get it on camera, though? No. I'm like, why are you even Here. here? So then Ira's, Ira sees something wrong with me. He goes, Isaiah, what's wrong? I'm like, bruh, I just dapped up AB, and Devin didn't even get on camera. Ira, wow, Devin. Pfft. Wow, selfish. So now me and Ira are mad at Devin. Like, man, I can't believe this, bruh. And Ira's like, bro, that's your wife. I'm like, I know. I know. I thought she knew better. Now he's like, bro, she a Seahawks fan. I'm like, I, I, she being selfish. That's what I'm saying. If it was Richard Sherman, she'd be filming everything. You know, so I'm like, man, whatever. So I'm, I'm getting frustrated. And now, Devin, you know how anytime a woman messes up, they try to get on your good side. Baby, we're here. It's your dream come true. I'm like, listen, don't talk to me, you dream breaker, okay? I just had a moment of a lifetime, and your camera was not out. Why do I pay for your phone? For what? I'm, I'm frustrated, okay? I'm saying everything. She's like, babe, you tripping. I'm like, no, you tripping. So then one of the guys is like, man i'm gonna take you in the locker room cool we go in the locker room I'm like wow this is insane this is crazy i'm like walking around i'm like this is where they warm up and so then i'm like getting over the fact that i didn't you know she didn't film it or whatever and ira brings it back up bro that's messed up what devin did man it's messed up zay she was right there too bro. and so now fuel's being in my fire i'm like you right bro like i can't believe this you know and so we walk out the locker room and devin's still right there she's like babe are you seriously mad i'm like devin I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> you know, and I'm trying to cut her deep. You know, when you're mad at somebody, it is what it is. But when you're disappointed, that means you morally failed someone, okay? You morally failed me. You owed me that, right? And she's like, babe, are you kidding me? I'm like, you know what? Now I'm, now I'm trying to not be emotional. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to cry around football players. You know, I'm going to keep it in. I'm like, no, nah, man, it's all good, cuz. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's all good. And so she goes, you know what? I'll be right back. And she starts walking towards Antonio Brown. So now I'm like, I'm like a seven-year-old, turning into a seven-year-old real quick, like, you know, what, what, what am I going to do? Because it's like when your mom, you, your mom back in the day ever make you like do something you didn't want to do and you had to act like you, you know what I'm saying? You wanted to do it, but you didn't want to do it. You kind of, so I started acting like I didn't care much of what she doing because I knew exactly what she was. So she started walking towards him. So right away I'm like, look busy, look busy. So I just start looking at stuff. I'm tying my shoe. And as I'm tying, I'm looking. And I see her talking to him, you know, da-da-da. She's pointing at me, and he's pointing at me. And I'm just like, da 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 You know what I'm saying? So then Devin goes, babe, come here. Babe, come on, he's going to take a picture with you. And now I got to walk over there like I didn't want a picture. So I'm like, oh, oh, psh, I got time, you know? So I take a picture with AB. We have our picture. Do we have it up? Let's put the picture up. So here's the the funny part about this picture though. Here's the funny part. Why does it look like AB's happy to take the picture with me, okay? The reason why, and I'm gonna teach y'all, the reason why, that is my I don't care, it's all good face. But really on the inside, I'm like bruh, you know what I mean? Like I cannot believe this. And so We take that picture, I'm excited, I couldn't believe it, but I still got to keep it cool, just like the face right there. I still got to be cool, calm, and relaxed, you know? Because we're we're still around the guys, and I can't celebrate really till I get back in the hotel room. Then I can hit a cartwheel and go to bed, you know what I'm saying? So as we're walking away, my mom is just randomly taking pictures this entire trip. And as we're walking away, she catches me like being chill, you know, waving at the players, right? And, 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 and then she, she takes another picture of me right after this moment, we can put that up as well. We, 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 this is my face. This is my face. True story. My face, I don't, my eyes have never been that big before just because I couldn't believe it. And that was actually right before we walked, like, towards the field that i have been watching on TV for all these years. But that's my face. That's my face. Funny, and I, I didn't add this part in, but the funniest part about me still trying to be chill, we went out on the field, we took pictures, yada, yada, yada. I figured I need to capture this moment, a piece of it. So I fake tied my shoe and grabbed a handful of grass, put it in my pocket. And then so Devin's like, babe, you got grass out your pocket. I'm like, shut up. Shh. Shh. I fail. <laughs> I fail. So I'm thinking about this story when I get home and I'm cracking up because I'm like, I can't believe this whole situation. I almost missed my moment. What in the world? Why did all of a sudden I got all kinds of shy and timid? And then the Lord drops in my spirit. A lot of people miss opportunities because they lack courage. A lot of people miss what God has for you and has. he's already preordained in your life because you have literally missteps because you've lacked courage as far as going after that promotion, thinking that you're unqualified. So without courage, you don't ever walk in, and so you stay stagnant in where you are right now. There's so many people in the cemetery that are laid up, gone, and dead that had dreams buried on the inside of them that were never dug up, and now that they are buried in the ground, those dreams still lie. We gotta have courage To dig out our dreams, to pursue our things, to pursue happiness, to pursue what you believe that God has called you to do. I believe there's many people in here that you quit school a while ago because it got too hectic or you started having babies. And now you're thinking, I want to get back into school and I I just don't have time or, or whatever the situation might be. I dare you to get your spiritual shovel, dig up your courage, and pursue what you believe God has in store for you. So what we're going to be talking about today is courage, the definition of courage, mental or moral strength to persevere, withstand danger, fear, and difficulty. Danger, fear, and difficulty. When I hear those three things, I think about our lives. I think about the enemy trying to send danger, fear, and difficulty. To throw us off our God assignment, to throw us off our God purpose and the reason why you are here. If you're in this room, if you have a pulse, you have purpose on the inside. There's something that you're supposed to be doing while you're here on earth to impact not only just your life, but the lives of the ones around you. And not just saying that you need to do good for everyone, but the way you speak to people, the way you deliver God's word into someone's life. It's all about having courage, though. Having courage to take that step. There's so many people in the Bible that had courage. Moses had a speech impediment. He stuttered terribly bad. And he went to God and said, I can't, I can't do this because I, I don't talk well. And the Lord says, I will control your tongue. He had to have courage, though, to step out and go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Daniel put his put his. Uh, 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 his freedom on the line he ends up getting locked up thrown in the the, the, the lion's den and as he's thrown up in the lion's den he cries out to God and the Bible says that he shut the, the lion's mouth but he had to have courage to be willing to face the consequence and knowing that God would deliver on the back end that's the God that we still serve on today that's the God that still lives and breathes on the inside of us today. Oh, come on, people of God. Do you hear me on this morning? He's still shutting the lion's mouth in our lives, protecting us as we go. So today what we're going to be talking about is three ways to promote courage in your life. Look at your neighbor and say, courage. courage. Three ways to promote courage in your life. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 22. We already talked about Joshua. Now we're going to talk about Father Abraham. And Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. But we're going to talk about Abraham when, when he's at one of the lowest points in his life, and he's asked to do the unthinkable. In Genesis 22, if you're there, say amen. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. And then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. There's three different aspects in our life where we can where we can start to develop courage, three different aspects, and making a sacrifice. We're talking about sacrificing. In order for God to do certain things in your life, you have to be willing to sacrifice. Physically, financially, and your time. Physically, financially, and your time. Physically, what we've been doing these last 21 days, I decided the last few years when we do the fast, I remember growing up and I watched my father do a 21 day fast with nothing. There was no time when he could start eating. There was nothing. It was water and altoids. I remember he ate a lot of altoids, okay? And he did this for 21 days. I watched my dad go from 220 pounds to 193 pounds. He shrunk. And I could not believe that. I'm like, man, Dad, what is this that you're doing? He's like, I'm fasting, I'm praying. He said, I'm eating God's word every day, and that's what this, that's what I do. There's no, there's no food in my system whatsoever. So I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, I wanna try this. The first time I tried to fast, I lasted three and a half hours. And so is my life. I'm 24 now, and this is the first time in my life where I've been able to go 21 days, 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. But like I said, it was a it was a I had to go through a whole bunch of development stages because it was, you know, I would break my fast, you know, the first time was three and a half hours, the second time was a day, the third time was like three and a half hours, you know what I'm saying, like I'm going back and forth battling within myself, and so over these last few years, every time the fast would come on, I was so tired of failing, I would fast from things that weren't as difficult for me, I'm not going to go on my phone for 21 days. Yeah, right, you know what I'm saying? But I would do from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., I'd try to do that or I'd shut down social media, I would do certain things. But this year I felt something tugging on me. This year I felt something just, just, just in my soul that was burning and I had, to, I had to finally go through with this thing. And so now we're on our 21st day and I am so excited because I get to eat again. I'm just kidding, I am excited because I get to eat again. But not only that, but because I know at the end of every single fast, There's a harvest waiting. There's something that I planted 21 days ago, and I'm willing to see what God has in store for me and for you. That should be your prayer as well. So I encourage you to go after that. But that's one of the ways we have to sacrifice, physically. Another way, financially. I watched my family struggle growing up. We went from Broke down van to broke down van to broke down hoopty to broke down van. I could not believe how many cars we had. Okay. We would have a car for two months and they're like, yep, the engine fell off the bottom of it. We gotta turn it back in. I'm like, bro, we just got it. You know, we're buying, we're buying cars from the from the 80s and vans and all kinds of stuff, and it was messed up. I remember one particular moment when my, when my parents would drop me off at Pop Warner practice. I'd be so embarrassed when they come back to pick me up because our car made the sound that was like And every time the car would be coming, all my boys would be like, Zay, your mom's almost here. (laughs) Every time. And I would get so annoyed. So my mom, I'd be like, Mom, listen, I'm just going to meet you down the block. She's like, son, I'm coming to pick you up in front of all them them friends. I don't care if our car smells like a tuna can. You going to hop in this thing because it's getting us from point A to point B. And I'm like, it is what it is. So every day, (laughs) and all my boys would be like, Zay, you got your stuff? You good, bro? You got your Get your helmet bro, your mom's almost here. Uh-huh. Your mom almost, and they hopping in their nice cars and I'd hop in that hoopty. And I remember I would slam the door and be mad and frustrated and embarrassed. And my mom would break it down, like do not despise the day of small beginnings. Cause it won't always be like this. And I would watch us during that time period, give when we didn't have. We went a whole summer once, all we ate was potatoes people. All we ate was potatoes. To this day, if I come to your house and you have a potato on a plate in front of me, I will flip it over and walk out. <laughs> I just can't. I can eat french fries, and that's about it. Anything else with potatoes, I can't do it. I can't do it. But we, that's all we had. On a good night, we had butter. On a real good night, we had seasoning. On a real good night, sour cream. Holla at your boy. You know what I'm saying? But we went through that. And during that period, I would still see my folks give to the church. Sacrificing. Knowing that, man, I don't know when this next meal is coming from, but they would sacrifice for us. And I remember they, they came to me one time, I, I'll never forget this, I was probably like nine, ten years old, and they say, Zay, we're doing a debt cancellation at the church, at the church we were attending at the time, we're doing a debt cancellation, and, and the pastor asked for everybody to give a thousand dollars, and we're going to give a thousand dollars. In the back of my mind, I'm like, From where? I ain't seen a thousand dollars ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know y'all bank accounts ain't looking like that. And they said, We're gonna, we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna do this in three, four payments. We're gonna, we're gonna help pay off the building. I'm like, pay off the building? Can y'all pay off the car? Like, can, can we get a new one? Like, what, what in the world is going on? Why am I still wearing the same backpack from three years ago? You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm going through all these things. I'm 10 years old. I'm going through all these things. And my father looks at me and he goes, You're nothing until you sacrifice. You're nothing until you sacrifice. And that still sticks with me to this day. Because as I saw our family begin to get elevated and growing more spiritually, and then financially things began to happen. And before you know it, Kingdom in the Valley was starting to happen. And then before you know it, people started to come. It all makes sense. Now, 12 years later, looking amongst the people, When you sacrifice, you put that seed down deep in the ground, and you command that thing to grow. You command that thing to harvest. You command your finances to grow. You command that thing to harvest. So these are little basic steps that I learned in my personal life. And then the last thing, your time. How often do you come to church? When you come to church, are you serving? When you're serving, are you serving with the good heart? Are you serving with the glad heart? You know, these are different things that the Lord is asking from me and you. Give them your time. We have 24 hours in the day. How many of us forget to pray? Because I know life gets busy. I know the kids is crazy. I know all kinds of things are happening and, and you get into the hustle and bustle of things, but there's so many nights when I even find myself getting in bed and laying down, closing my eyes and realizing, Me and God have not spoke today. See, the enemy, anytime he's mad, if if he can't cause you to fall or sin, he will make you busy. He'll make you forgetful. So that's why God is asking us to sacrifice those three things, physically, financially, and your time. And understand this, parents, your kids are watching. The reason why I tell you the testimony of my family is because I watched that happen. And since I watched that happen and I saw, I'm seeing what God is manifesting in my life now, guess what I'm going to train my kids to do? To have courage. To be willing to sacrifice. To give up anything that you have for the Lord and see what he does in return. Somebody yells sacrifice. You got to be willing to Sacrifice. Number two, you must be willing to follow his plan. We're going to go to Jeremiah 29, verse 11. This is probably one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. To give you a hope and a future. How many of y'all want a hope and a future in the house on today? A hope and a future. I love my wife so much. She's awesome, beautiful can sing the paint off the wall, and she can cook. Amen, the cooking part's real good, amen. So I, I love her so much, we're together all the time. We work together, we go to church together, we go to the gym together, we go to the movies together. The one place I will not go with my wife is the store. I cannot go to the store with Devin. Why? Because Devin does not know how to just get one thing that she needs and leave. There's no way, if I go to the store, And I need uh, some shoe polish. I will walk past every aisle that I do not need. And the sample lady will be like, sir. I'll be like, nope, I'm good. I'm going to continue to go get what I need to get. I'm going to check out and go. Anytime I go with Devin, it's always an adventure. Always. So the other day, we're in the car. She goes, babe, I need to go to the store. I said, all right, let's go to the store. She's like, will you come with me? Sure, I'll come with you. We pull up, she turns off the car. I go, what are you doing? She goes, you're coming in with me. I said, no, I said, I'll come with you, not come in with you. She's like, babe, you need to come inside with me. All I'm getting is cheese. All we need is cheese. And I'm like, you lying to me. Like right away, I'm like, I know you lying. Don't play games with me, woman. You know what I'm saying? And She's like, all we need is cheese. We're going to get cheese and we'll bounce. Five minutes tops. And I'm like, you know what? She does look kind of serious. Let's do this. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to give you a chance, right? I'm giving you an opportunity to redeem yourself for all these other times you couldn't do it. So we hop out the car, we walk in the store. I knew we were doomed. As soon as we walked in, she goes, oh, look, babe, M&M's. <laughs> and she's looking at it. I'm like, why are you, okay, we don't even want M&M's. We fasten them from sweets. Come on, let's go. So she's like, all right, come on, let's go, let's go. Then as we're walking, oh, babe, I forgot. We need bread. So now we're walking on aisle eight to bread. So now I'm already I'm starting to get amped up. Like okay, let's just get, let's just get to us get the bread. She's like, babe, do you do you mind what bread we get? Get the bread we usually get. I don't I don't know breads. I'm sourdough. I don't know wheat. It is what it. Just grab it. So she grabs the bread and we're walking. She goes, babe, we need milk. So now I'm thinking, okay, there's a list. You know what I'm saying? She's acting like she's remembering, but there's a list. So she's like, babe, we need milk. So now, you know, the milk's not even on the aisle, it's in the back. So now we walk in towards the milk. I'm like, bro, oh my goodness, you gotta be kidding me. So we walk in towards the milk, we get the milk. Now she's like, can you hold the milk? I'm like, I'll hold the milk. It is what it is. Now we're walking. I'm holding the milk. She's got the bread. She goes, oh my gosh, and starts running. So I'm chasing her, babe, 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 wait, 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 what's going on? Right away. First of all, don't run in the store and expect. <laughs> Come on, I am African-American, listen, I don't, somebody start running, I will take off too. No questions asked. (laughs) No, if someone's, I'm gone, okay? If someone takes off. So she starts running, I'm chasing after, babe, what are you doing? She's like, we haven't, you know what we haven't had in a while? I'm like, what? She's like, we haven't had cookies. I'm like, you're right, get them, get them, get them, right? Yeah. (laughs) Get them, we'll make those tonight, you know what I'm saying? So she grabs that, we're walking. She's like, babe, we got all this milk, we got cookies now, we need some cereal, I'm like, listen, okay, this is it though. We can grab the cereal, we can bounce. Yeah, babe, we'll bounce. Well, we gotta get the cheese still. So now I'm like, wanna split up? She's like, no, I wanna stay together. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, I'll go grab the cheese You get the cereal, I'll meet you at the checkout. You know what I'm saying? So now we're going down aisle seven, we're looking at cereals. I grab my two cereals. I grab Cap'n Crunch Berries, okay, amen. And then I, I grab me some chocolate Rice Krispies, okay? So we out here because y'all know there's a blessing at the end of a bowl of chocolate rice krispies because it turns into chocolate milk. Amen. Right. So I'm getting double for my trouble. Okay. So I get to this point where I get the two and she goes, babe, we only need two, but I want to pick one. And I'm like, listen, you love rice crispies with chocolate. She's like, I know, but I'm just not feeling chocolate today. So in my head, I'm thinking, are you gonna, you plan on eating the whole box tonight? Because, I mean, you might feel like chocolate tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? Like, in the morning, because it's late at night, and we're not going to eat it now. She's like, well, babe, come on. I don't feel like that. I'm like, listen, I'm grabbing both of these. You can pick your own. She's like, no, we're going to get two. I said, okay, which one do you want? She goes, I want some mini-wheats. I said, what is that? And she shows me the box. She's like, no, babe, it's sweet. There's frost on the top. I said, that looks disgusting. She goes, you never had, like, the mini-wheats at, at anywhere? I'm like, yeah, at my grandma's house when we were on punishment. You know what I'm saying? Like, put those away. She's like, oh, my gosh, you never let me get what I want. I'm like, yo, if you don't put that box down, I'm going to leave you. Okay, whoa, 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 So then she starts looking. She's looking for some more cereal. And at this point, we 17 minutes in running at the store. And she's looking. She's like, I found one. Picks up. She's like, look, babe, kicks. I said, kicks? You talking about from the commercial on PBS back in the day kicks. If you don't put them down, she's like, babe, you don't like, OK, you don't like them? OK, all right, all right. She puts them down. Then she comes at me, want some Honey Nut Cheerios? I'm like, listen, I don't care about my heart right now. I will run in the morning, forget my cholesterol. I just got my two boxes, let's just bounce. So she's like, fine, I'm getting Frosted Flakes. I'm like, cool, let's just choke and die on Frosted Flakes. Right? So. She knows I can't stand Frosted Flakes. I got a Frosted Flake stuck in my throat at like seven years old, and it still haunts me to this day. Could have swore the devil was trying to take me out at seven. Knew I was going to preach the word, try to take my throat away from me in my air. Anyway, um, <laughs> so she grabs that. Then we go grab the cheese, finally. So now we're picking what cheese we want, okay? She's, she's looking at the cheese. She's like, ah. Now she's looking at prices, okay? Now that's one of my pet peeves. I'm like, listen, you know what it looks like, And that's the one we usually get. Let's get it. So now she's like, well, this one's not on sale today. But that one is. But I don't like that one. And do I have coupons? So now she's looking through her bag. Now I'm getting heated. Now I'm about to just kick her in the back of the leg and run. okay? (laughs) I don't don't know what's going to happen. So then she ends up grabbing like three cheeses. We head to the checkout line finally. And as soon as we get to the checkout line, she tells me, Zay, you need to put one of your cereal boxes back. We don't need three. That's too much cereal. I'm looking around, like, it looks to me like I have the most popular cereal boxes in my hand, so yours is eliminated. You know what I'm saying? She's like, no, babe, no one likes those. Frosted Flakes, it is. I'm like, no, it's not. She's like, yes, it is. I'm like, no, it's not. The cashier's looking at us like, are y'all gonna pay? Or, like, <laughs> it's getting kind of late. So I ended up, like, convincing her Frosted Flakes was not the way. I went on my Snapchat and was like, yeah, I'm daddy, like, messing around. But, like, this is a true story. Like, I could not believe that she was coming at me about some cereal. So we hop out. We go to the car. I run to the car because it's cold. I was just at the gym. My shirt was kind of still sweaty. I shut the door. So I'm like, where is she at? I can't find her anywhere. I look at her. She's out front of the store like this. So I open the door. What? She's like, I want to get a red box. Come help me look for a movie. So now I'm like, bro, oh my gosh. So I go out there. She picks like two of the worst movies ever. Said it was a surprise. It was terrible. We got to take those back today. Um, so she picks, these, she picks these movies. We hop in the car. We drive off. As we're driving off, I'm laughing to myself thinking about the whole situation. And so anytime something happens in my life as a, as a preacher, I start thinking, how can I put this in a message? And so two days later, the Lord shows me like a vision of me in a grocery store pushing a cart. And as I'm pushing this cart, I start to imagine to myself how God will do things in our life according to his plan. See, when I go to the store, I like getting what I need and checking out. Get what I want and I check out. Where when it's God's plan, it feels like he'll take us down aisle one full of depression. Then he'll take us down aisle three full of pride. Then it will take us down aisle four, full of bad habits and, and, and generational curses. But all we go through, all these aisles in our life with God, hoping that one day we'll turn down aisle seven, full of peace. Go down aisle eight, full of joy. Go down aisle 10, full of purpose in our life. And then when we check out, we can say, good and well done, my faithful servant. These are the things in our life where we have to allow God to push our spiritual grocery cart. As we walk through our life, who's pushing your cart? Is it you? Because it's very easy for us to follow our own way. When you look at Saul, the Bible says that that Jesus repented for making him king because Saul started doing things his own way. He started disobeying God and started doing things his own way. He told he told Saul, "You need to go over there and kill everything, leave nothing living." And he started collecting all kinds of different things, and and and, and God rejected him as king, why? Because he decided that his way was better than his way. So I ask you today, who's pushing your grocery cart? No matter what aisle you might be going through right now, understanding that in the long run, the checkout is gonna be right there. But before you check out of here, there's gonna be an aisle full of purpose and promise and courage On the inside of you, amen? Somebody yell courage. And the last thing, you must be willing to step out. You must be willing to step out. Right now we're gonna find, we're gonna meet Jesus after he just fed the thousands with the five loaves and the two fish in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 verse 22 and it says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him on the other side. While he dismissed the crowd after he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. Verse 25 says Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost they said and cried out in fear but Jesus immediately said to them take courage it is I don't be afraid Lord if it's you Peter replied tell me to come out on the water come he said and then Peter got down out the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus came toward jesus this story right here has impacted my life in so many different ways and the most the most important part of the story that impacted me the most was out of the 12 disciples on the boat why was there only one that asked if he could come towards him on the water so i ask you today which disciple are you are you sitting in the boat Are you playing it safe? Are you worried about the outcome of something, so you'd rather just sit back and just keep things going steady how they are? Or are you willing to get out the boat, to walk on the water, to step out on a maybe, to step out on something that's unstable in your life, knowing that no matter what it is that you're about to occur, God is walking right there next to you. And so I imagine as Peter, as stepping out of this boat, so many things are running through his head. Fear, am I gonna sink? Am I gonna drown? Am I gonna fall into despair? Peter probably couldn't really swim good. He's like, I'm gonna die right now. What in the world's going on? But as he's stepping out, as fear rises up, his courage makes him take that step. Courage will take you places, courage will allow you to open up doors. Your dad couldn't open. Your mom couldn't open. Your grandparents couldn't open. Courage will allow you to open doors for your kids. There's all types of people out there that had to step out on them. Maybe with everyone standing, we're going to close. I ask you today, if you're here right now, you should be feeling full. God's mercy and His grace that He shines on her life every single day. You should be pregnant with possibility and purpose, and ideas and dreams. And now it's time to give birth. So if you've been holding back because you're afraid of the outcome, I, I beg you today, dig down deep, pull up that courage that is anchored down in your soul, and watch what God does in your life. It's time to get out of the boat. It's time to do something abnormal. This is the year of unusual favor. You will never tap into unusual favor if you continue to sit in the boat and watch the people around you get out. There's someone in here today, you're sitting in the boat alone. All of your friends, family, loved ones, whoever it is in that boat have moved on because they've stepped out and you're still sitting there because you're comfortable. Comfortability is the enemy's number one use against us to keep us stagnant in our life. It's time to get uncomfortable. It's good to feel uncomfortable. I had a weightlifting coach that always said, if it doesn't feel good, you're not doing it right. He said, I'm sorry, he said, if if it feels good, you're not doing it right. There should be some type of pressure. There should be some type of pain. There should be some type of uncomfortability to know that you're growing, to know that you're getting stronger, to know that you're gaining wisdom, to know that you're defeating generational curses that are in your life. Let's get uncomfortable, people. Let's get some courage on the inside of us. And let's see what God has in store. With that being said, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in this room right now and you say, you know what, I have never given my life to Jesus before. I've never done it. And if you're here today and you say, you know what, I want to change my life forever. I want to give my life to him for the very first time. I just want you to throw your hand up in the air. Is there anybody in this room? You say, I've never given my life to Jesus before, and I think it's time that I get it right with Him once and for all. Hallelujah, I see your hand. We'll say, you know what? I've given my life to the Lord, but I've made some mistakes. I've fallen short. I, I lack courage. I lack getting out the boat. I lack all types of things in my life. I had a rough 2016, I'm having a rough 2017, and I know that it's time to come back to the Father. If that's you in this room, you say, I want to give my life back to Jesus. I just want you to throw your hand up in the air. Is there anybody in this room? I see your hand. I see yours. I see your hand. Is there anyone else in this room? This is the last chance that you ever had in your entire life because tomorrow is not promised. Hallelujah. If you raise your hand, I want you to come meet me here at the altar. Don't be afraid. We're going to celebrate you as you come. Come on, people of God, let's celebrate them. Come on down to the altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Don't stop clapping.